Well, good morning and welcome to Epic. My name's Tim Jones and I'm one of the pastors on staff and we are so glad that you are here with us today. Today we are starting a brand new series on parenting, Journey for a Lifetime. And I can't think of a better Sunday than Mother's Day to start a parenting series because regardless of who we are, we all have a child that is in our lives. And so whether you're hoping one day to have a child or you never want to have a child or you've got an adult child who has like outgrown the house and finally out on their own and well into their years, um, none of us can avoid um, our children or kids who are watching us. And we play a major part in influencing them. And so uh, some of you might be tempted to say, you know, I'm going to check out during this series, you know, doesn't involve me at all. But I can't think of a greater time in our world where we need to focus on influencing the next generation. And so we have, thank you, yeah, we do. So, and probably the reason they're clapping is, I don't know if you realize this, but we have more grandparents who are parenting their grandchildren and taking them into their homes than ever before in any generation. We also have more single parents raising their children on their own than any other generation. And the millennial generation that are now reaching their 30s or mostly in their 20s and 30s outnumber the baby boom generation and they are entering into parenthood and yet they come from the highest percentage of broken homes than any generation has ever seen before. And so we have a challenge. We have a challenge that is right before us, and all of us can do something about it. All of us can influence the next generation that's coming up. Now, I've heard it say, and you've probably heard it said, that parenting is a lot like a uh, journey. And so there's always a destination, you know, pack your bags, you know, be able to pack up and equip yourself because once you are on this destination, there's no turning back. You are a parent. And there's going to be bumps and bruises. There's going to be uh, great adventure, great fun. At moments, you're going to feel like you're kind of going crazy, you know, and then there's going to be unbelievable moments where it will just melt your heart. And so as you are on this parenting journey, you begin to understand that as a parent, you really never arrive, you know? There's a destination, but as a parent, we're always growing. Like we need more and more help on a regular basis. And the reason for that is that we are in a relationship. We're in a relationship, a growing relationship, a relationship with our children and a relationship with us. And so it's always changing. Now for me being a father, I love being a father. There are moments that are amazing, especially like when our children are born. I mean, you just get them, they're newborn babies and they are just sweet and adorable. Uh, I've got some pictures, of course, of my kids when they were born. I mean, what dad can't bring in their kids, you know? And so, yep, they're not that age anymore. I wish they were. But um, there's Audrey on your left, and she's now six, and Trevor in the middle, he's four, and Caleb is two. And in four weeks, we're about to have our fourth baby, baby Jones, number four, uh, another boy, uh, name to be revealed soon. But anyways, um, so the one part that I just love when they're this young is simply just holding them and rocking them and looking deep into their eyes and they look deep into our eyes and they just fall asleep, you know? They're just so innocent, you know? They're just so like squeezable and everything. But then we all know what happens, right? 
we all know that they start to grow and something unexpected happens with them, right? You know, and they didn't like include this in the instruction manual that they sent home with us, with them, you know? All of a sudden, something happens within our bundle of joy and it's not that thing that you gotta clean up, all right? Something starts to transform within them and something just all of a sudden takes over and it continues to grow and grow. And so let's check out this transformation process because I think this will help to explain it. Is that what happens to our little bundles of joy? I mean, you know, it's like, the independent Godzilla just comes out in them, you know? All of a sudden, they have the ability, the power to have this atomic scream that breaks our eardrums when they're young, and all of a sudden, they continue to develop powers, you know? They have the atomic drop where they just, you know, throw a tantrum and it shakes the entire house or the entire neighborhood, you know? So what happens, you know? I mean, what is it that's in them that comes out, you know? Because all of a sudden we have houses that seem like they're transformed overnight, you know? We have houses that are like the peaceful, tranquil mountains of the sound of music or the peaceful Shire community, and all of a sudden it becomes some crazy reality show, you know, that's just out of control. So what happens? What happens within them? Well, I love what David says in the Bible and what God continues to affirm. And this is what he admits. So this is what David admits in Psalm 51, 5. He says, for I was born a sinner, you know, the ability to do wrong. Yes, from the moment my mother conceived me. And his mom is probably like, about time you write that one down, you know? Because that's what happens. That's what's in us. And in those moments, you know, when we all of a sudden have this come out, the reality is that all of our kids, regardless of who they are, they have the, ca- the capacity to do wrong at any given moment, which can throw us for a loop. I mean, all of a sudden we're like, what are they doing? You know, because it's in them, it's in us. And so what do we do with those types of things? Now, when my kids have their Godzilla moments, sometimes I'm just stunned. I mean, I don't know what to do. You know, what is the solution here? And the hard part is that there are so many different voices that are out there telling us what to do. So what voice do we listen to? You know, it's a lot like when we get into our cars and we use our GPS app or something. And so there's so many choices. You know, you can go with Siri, you can go with Google Maps, you can go with MapQuest, a dozen other ones. But what seems to happen is whatever one you go with, it always takes you to the wrong destination, you know? I mean, you think they would perfect that by now, but it always seems like we arrive at the wrong destination. So whose voice are you listening to? What voice is right? And especially what voice are you listening to in parenting? Because there are so many different voices that are out there. So one of the camps of voices that are out there is modern day psychology. And modern day psychology pretty much tells us that children are a product of their upbringing. So basically all kids are good until mom and dad get a hold of them, all right? And so if Johnny grows up to be a criminal, which hopefully your Johnny doesn't, but if Johnny grows up to be a criminal, it's because of mom or dad's influence. And doesn't that explain like the voice that we have, the voice of fear in the back of our minds that we all have thought this thought of one day, oh, I might be the one responsible for them being in counseling, you know? Isn't there a fear or a voice that speaks fear into our lives of like, be careful how you discipline, 
you know? Voices that tell us, don't push them too hard. Don't rock the boat. Don't tell them what to do. Because these voices tell us that we should live in fear, fear that we might do something bad to them and it will be our fault. Or there's another camp of voices that are out there and these voices range from a whole bunch of different voices because it's the voices of what's the latest trend in parenting. So you turn on the TV and there's this expert, there's this talk show, there's this book that you need to get and read because this is the latest trend. We've studied this and found this out. And so what voice do you turn into or tune into? And one of the voices that continues to come up over and over again and kind of come back into style is that of raising our kids and working on their self-esteem, you know? Like we're supposed to make sure that they feel good about themselves. Like we're to encourage them. We're to make sure that they have as many wins as possible. Don't let them fail because if they fail, then they'll feel bad about themselves. And somehow we failed them and we should feel guilty about that. And so those voices tell us that if, it, if something's wrong with them, then we should feel guilty about that. And then another camp of voices that we often hear is actually our own voices. And our own voices do this. Often, we will look around us and we say, man, look at that family. They're doing so good over there. You know? And we start to compare and we, don't, we, we start to think we're not doing so good in our parenting and we start to feel bad about ourselves. We start the comparison game you know, and we get upset with ourselves or we get upset with our kids for not being like so-and-so. Now, another vein in this family that happens too is let's say you grow older and your kids are now adult children and here's what happens then. Maybe they aren't turning out the way that you wanted them to turn out or maybe they definitely did not turn out the way that you wanted them to turn out. And so you feel like you have failed and you feel regret, or you start to blame yourself or you blame them and you regret what's happened in their lives. And what happens in that adult relationship with your child is you begin to feel distant from them because they didn't turn out the way that you expected them to turn out or that you wish that they had turned out. And it starts to create this regret, this blame in your own life. I mean, no wonder we are worn out and parents are worn out in parenting today. I mean, can you imagine all the things that we face in this world and then you're feeling guilty, you're feeling regret, you're feeling fearful with all those things that are going on in your dynamic with your child? And so you feel like you're failing or have failed in those moments. And when you listen to those voices, those voices of regret, of guilt, and also of fear, then it starts to wear us out and we are worn out. Now, those aren't the voices that we should be listening to. Those aren't the voices that we should allow to come into our lives and define our parenting journey. Those voices will only get us down on ourselves. Have you ever thought, what voice are you listening to that's out there? Do you have a clear destination in mind? Now today, I want us to check out a voice that stands in stark contrast to all the other voices that are out there. And maybe you've dabbled with this voice, or maybe you've checked out this voice, but maybe you've never really fully listened to this voice. And today I want us to begin a journey of checking out what God's voice is on parenting and in this series. 
And because his voice can overcome those voices of fear, of guilt, and regret. And the really cool thing with God is that you can reset your GPS and you can gain ground that you thought was lost. And what you will find is that his voice is reliable and that he will get you to the right destination. So that's what we're going to begin with today in this series. So if you have a Bible with you, turn to Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 1. If you have an uh, electronic device, feel free to bring it up on your electronic device. If you are still looking for a Mother's Day gift, you can have a Bible in the back. Don't worry, she was not listening. Uh, but go ahead and turn to Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 1. We'll put the verses up on the screen, but go ahead and turn there as well. Now, as you're turning there, let me set the scene for us. The part of history that we're diving into in this passage has a lot of similarities that we experience in this life, even though this happened uh, hundreds of years ago. So here are the people of Israel, God's very own people, who are about to cross the Jordan River into the land that he had promised them. So here's their leader, Moses, who's talking before they cross over the Jordan River and kind of giving them their last instructions or the last things that they need to hear because he's going over the lessons that they have learned as they've wandered in the wilderness for 40 years or in the desert at that time. And the reason they've been wandering is that the generation before them, these kids' parents or grandparents or maybe even great-grandparents were the generation that God rescued from Egypt. And so this generation comes out, God enters into a relationship with them. He saves them. They enter into a relationship with him. And as they're moving towards the promised land away from uh, Egypt, the land that God had promised to them, all of a sudden, this older generation begins to continue to listen to the influences of Egypt and Egyptian gods, which takes them away from God. And so God decides, you know what? I'm going to take my people into the desert for 40 years so that they can learn to listen to my voice. And so this new generation, they've got front row seats to what God is doing. As they were maybe kids or babies and infants as they left Egypt, they see God who's being so faithful to this generation that's above them that continues to mess up over and over again. They see how God provides for them. There's no food out there in the desert wilderness. And so he provides manna every single day. So they learn to depend on him. And then they learned to, how to follow him because during the day there was a cloud that they were to follow when God said, let's move. Let's you know, go from this place to another place and a fiery cloud at night if they were traveling at night. And so this generation has a front row seat to just how much God deeply loves them, how strong his commitment is to them and that they have a special relationship with God. And so when we hear these words that we're about to read that Moses said to the people, they didn't have an issue with them. They, they didn't see them as harsh or anything because they had come to trust God's voice. And they knew that his voice was reliable and would not lead them astray. So let's dive in and listen how Moses is speaking to the entire community. And this is what he's reminding them of. And it's for us with kids and without kids, because that's who he was speaking to in his day as well. So these are the commands, decrees, and regulations that the Lord, and what are those two words? Let's say it together. Your God, let's try that again, that your God, awesome, personal, commanded me to teach you 
you must obey them in the land you are about to enter and occupy. And you and who, let's say this together, your children and grandchildren must fear the Lord your God as long as you live. If you obey all his decrees and commands, you will enjoy a long life. So right here, we see this amazing principle at work that we're laying a foundation in this parenting series, all right? So here's Moses, who has been leading these people for 40 years in an effort to get them to, be, to start depending on God, and he says they are now ready. And so his priority, God's priority during this time was for them to recognize and follow God's voice. So if you're not a parent yet, and you're wondering, what does God want you to do? Or even if you have an adult child who's 30 or 40 years old, the best thing that we can begin to follow, the best thing that he wants us to do, his primary priority is this. And let me summarize it like this. Our primary priority is to transfer a child's dependence away from us until their dependence rests solely on God. So let's say that together on the count of three. One, two, three. Our primary priority is to transfer a child's dependence away from us until their dependence rests solely on God. Now, some of you might say, whoa, you know, I'm just checking out God, you know? I mean, I just walked into Epic here today, you know? That's pretty hardcore, you know? But remember, the people back then had experienced God for 40 years and how he depended or how they depended upon him. And many of us have experienced God's love, his forgiveness, and we know that he cares for us. So why wouldn't we want to pass this along to our children? It's not some strange religion. It's not some set of rules or something like that. We are introducing to our children to the voice that we have come to trust. It's a relationship. And so God is saying, you know, what you've experienced, I want the next generation to experience and the next generation to experience. So let me ask you this question. Don't answer it out loud. But how are you doing in passing along that relationship to your child? What's your plan? Do you have a plan to move them towards depending on God? Or are you simply getting in the car and listening to all the different voices that are out there and hoping to arrive at your destination with your child unharmed? So that's the question that we're going to be wrestling with. And he gives us some great practical insight. He gives us two principles to check that out. And I want to unfold these two principles for us. And we're going to check out the first one right here. So here's the first one contained in verse 4. Listen, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone, and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. So the first principle that we should live out as parents in front of our children is to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, and with all of our strength. Now, some of you are thinking, that's a tall order, and that is a tall order. I'm thinking, man, that's a tall order when I've been reading this, you know? Sometimes we don't feel equipped. But you've got to remember that God is not expecting perfection. Let me say that again. You've got to remember that God is not expecting perfection. He's expecting progress because he loves us. And he knows we have setbacks. He knows exactly where we're at. He knows that we can easily get distracted in this world because there are so many distractions. Let me tell you one of my distractions, all right? 
So as a husband and as a parent, one of the distractions that I come up with is wanting to give my children more than what I have. Now, that doesn't seem bad at first, all right? Many of us would want that. You know, I grew up in a home where we didn't really have a lot of things, and so there's something within me that just wants to make sure that my children have great experience, that they have, um, you know, great education, that they start out on the right foot. And so that's within me to want to provide that, and it's within all of us to want to provide that. But here's how that can kind of get, you know, out of control. If I focus all my attention on that, then what am I doing to my child? I am spoiling them. I'm giving them things that they don't need. And I'm trying to protect them as much as possible so that they don't fail. And that is not a good thing. And I am, in essence, allowing them to depend on me, which will never be able to meet all of their needs. But yet, if I transfer their trust and create an opportunity for them to start depending on God, he is the one who can meet all of their needs. And so there's a real struggle in me because I want to do good things for my kids. And you can do good things, but there's a part of us that we've got to be careful because it can easily get out of control. Now, one of the things that I have found that is just awesome is to love the Lord my God with all my heart and strength and soul. And I don't do that perfect. But here's what I find when I start to aim in that direction. My kids follow suit because they're watching. Your kids are watching. Now, my six-year-old, Audrey, she's just got a sensitive heart, and it's really cool. And so ever since she was like a young little girl, she just had music in her. She was just bopping as a little baby to music all the time and rhythm and all of that. And so as early as she started talking, she just starts singing songs. She starts making them up. Now, she's not going to be a professional, I'll tell you that, all right? Uh, Don't tell her that. But anyways, um, so she just makes up these songs, And one time, the first time that I really heard her making up this song, we were in the van, and she starts letting loose with this song. And it just starts going like something like this, like, I love Jesus, I want to obey him, I love what he does for me, thank you, Jesus. And she just goes on and on and on. And Sarah and I are looking at each other like, what? What is that? You know? And she just starts singing, and she's praising God. And I just start beaming. I mean, I'm like, wow, that is awesome, you know? Here is a little girl who's starting to learn how to listen to her Heavenly Father's voice. But remember, there's a flip side, okay? There's always a flip side to these stories. So on another van trip, we are in the car, and Audrey's in the back seat. Brother is like right in front of her, a little bit to the side of her. And I don't know what Trevor does, okay? But here's the issue. When you grow up in a pastor's house, you know a lot of scripture, all right? And she was starting to quote some words that David said to Goliath, all right? Now, some of those words weren't so great that David said to Goliath. So again, I do not know what Trevor did, but Audrey screams out and yells at the top of her lung, Trevor, stop it, or I'm gonna get you in the name of the Lord. And I was like, wow. Okay, you know, I'll make sure I'll try to love God a little bit better here, you know, so that she doesn't get you in the name of the Lord. But, um, you know, our kids have the capacity at any moment to do wrong. But instead of having a major course correction, if we're loving God, then we're able to allow them to have a minor course correction and point them towards God. And it begins with us. 
and how we're doing. And that's what God wants us to understand. And if you are a parent of a, an adult child, I can't tell you enough how important this is. When you love God with all your heart, with all your soul, and all your strength, and they see that, it will speak volumes to them. And God can repair a relationship because it begins with you first. So let's continue to see what else God has for us in this passage. So let's move on. Here's the second principle that we're about to come upon. Verse six, and you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I'm giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you are at home and when you are on the road, when you're going to bed and when you are getting up. And so the second principle I want to pull out from this is that we must lead our family spiritually. All right, so as we learn to love our God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our strength, we are to lead them spiritually. Now, what does that mean? It means that we take every single opportunity that we can to influence them. And I'll get real specific in a moment. But in today's world, that is getting very challenging. Now, I'm going to bring up some stats of just how challenging this is. So let's bring them up. So here's what you got. So the average 10-year-old, the average 10-year-old has 5,110 hours in a year that they are awake, all right? So that's our starting point. And so 1,260 hours they spend in school, 208 hours in after-school activities, 1,040 hours watching TV. Again, this is on average, and 360 hours towards homework and school projects, 365 hours playing video games, 365 hours socializing with friends, 365 hours doing hobbies or nothing, 102 hours of church, and that's if they attend this service and their service, that's if they attend, okay? 102 hours. And then 339 hours spent by the parents without the child that they could be spending with the child. So that leaves us with 339 hours left with the family out of 5,110 hours in a year. That means, bottom line, is you have about an hour a day that you could have meaningful interactions with your kid. And that's if you're doing really, 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 really good. A stat just came out. Uh, fathers with uh, conversations with their kids average about 17 seconds a day of meaningful conversation with their kids. So there's a challenge in front of us. There's a challenge because when you look at these stats, basically teachers, peers, uh, the television, their friends, their coaches, uh, video games, the internet have more influence than what we do. Did you catch that? Your situation right now unless you are doing something different, I'm gonna say it this way, you are not the primary influence in your child's life right now. If you allow life to just happen, this is what's happening to this next generation. So my question for us, for all of us, is what are we gonna do about that? Now recently at our volunteer appreciation event, I love what this guy said. So he's at our volunteer appreciation event. He sh we're sharing some stories of what's happening. And he says, you know what? God's been doing a work on my heart. And here's what he's been doing. I work in the technology sector, okay? And I can tell you this, it is ever-changing all the time. Every three to five years, I mean, it's just completely different. And ultimately I'm working in the cloud. 
And he's like, I still don't know what the cloud is either, um, and which was great for me because I don't know what that is either. Uh, but um, he says, like, pretty much I'm just working with information, you know, and I'm really not leaving any lasting value behind because it's ever changing. And I thought, man, that is a great point. And then he said, you know, as I've been working in Epic Kids and working with the kids back there, I am finding value back there, that I am leaving a lasting impression on the kids who are there. And that just blew my mind because that's exactly what God wants us to be doing. He wants us to be influencing and making an eternal impact on the next generation. So that's how we can begin to do that when we lead them spiritually. If not, what voices are going to get their attentions? And what issues will they have later on in life? Now, let me uh, conclude with this final verse because it's a great verse because it ends with a question, a question that we need to reflect upon. Verse 20, it says this. It says, in the future, your children will ask, what is the meaning of these laws, decrees, and regulations that the Lord, our God, has commanded us to obey? Now, don't answer this out loud, but how will you answer that? How will you answer that? Will you say to your children that the best thing that they could do is to love the Lord their God with all of their heart, with all of their soul, and with all of their strength? Or will you just kind of say, you know, that's optional? It's optional. Or will you say to them, it is to love the Lord their God with all of their heart, with all of their soul, with all of their strength, and they know it because they see you living it out in front of them. And they trust your voice because they know that that voice is a voice that is coming from their Heavenly Father as well. Now, when we moved into our house uh, just about two years ago, we made it a priority to get into um, knowing our neighbors right away and building relationships with them. And guess who's watching? You know, our kids. And so um, several weeks ago, we got gutters for the house. And Audrey is watching the crew put them up. And she says to, um, you know, Sarah, my wife, she says, hey, you know, those Girl Scout cookies that we just got, those thin mints that are yummy and delicious and nutritious, um, can we give them to the workers along with some water? Now, these guys, they know that thin mints are like to die for. I mean, <laughs> we only get them once a year. That's not fair, all right? <clears throat> If you want to buy me thin mints, I'll take them. But anyways, um, so she goes out, and of course they devour my thin mints that are out there, and they drink the water and everything. And then she comes back into the house, and she starts to draw them a picture. And here's a picture that she starts to draw them um, for, for putting on the gutters to the house. Now, she thanks them. It says, thank you for putting up our gutters, Audrey. And it's our house with gutters. Now, two weeks later, we get a package, and it is addressed to Audrey Jones. And my wife says, did you get her something? I'm like, nope, nope, not me. All right. <clears throat> We're like, who's this from? And Audrey's right there. She sees the package. They're always curious about packages that come, if it's for them. And it's for Audrey Jones. So we open it up, and here is her picture on a card, a thank you card that someone had made. And we open it up, and the owner says, Audrey, Thank you so much for thanking 
us. We've never received a card and crayons before. And thank you for being so nice to my crew because it made an impression upon them and upon me as well. Now, Sarah and I, we just looked at each other and were like, oh my goodness, that is amazing. And then there's two yummy big brownies in the box as well. I'm like, finally, (laughs) I got a replacement, you know? And here's what Audrey did. She didn't say, can I have a brownie? The very first thing out of her mouth was, mom, dad, can I write a thank you to them? And can I invite them? To church. Now, in that moment, I will never forget that because here is a little girl who is learning, who's being prompted by God's voice, not my voice, and she's always thinking about others, which is just amazing because honestly, I'm like, oh, I don't do that well in that, you know? And here's this little girl who is concerned and getting it and making a difference now and will make a difference in her generation. Now she has the capacity to do wrong, but like I said, hopefully one day, when she does, because it's not a question of when, it'll be a small correction instead of a major correction in her life. And she will realize that there is a voice that is trustworthy, and it's her heavenly father who loves her so much, where she has found forgiveness, and she knows will never lead her astray. So my question for all of us today is, where are you influencing your child? What are you doing to influence the next generation that is right here amongst us, that is in our community? Are you, do you have a plan or are you simply listening to other voices that are stealing your influence with your children? And here's what I want you to think about. Know that when you listen to God's voice, he gives us a clear destination of where we should go in our parenting journey. He's made it clear that we are to influence the next generation to depend on God. And so this is what I would like for you to think about today. The question I have for you is, how are you doing as a leader? How are you doing as a spiritual leader? If you have children who are young or children that are old, are you loving the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength? And are you spiritually leading them or are you allowing other voices to steal your spiritual leadership? Now, I get this, it's hard to do. And at times I mess up, at times I get off track. Sometimes I put doing church work in front of my family. And in those moments, I have to say to God, and sometimes even to my family, I'm sorry, will you forgive me? And you know what? That's exactly what we need to do with God because it's about progress. It's not about perfection. And that's what he wants to do in our lives because he wants to remove the fear, the guilt, the regret that these other voices speak into our lives. And he wants us to move forward in arriving at the correct destination as a parent. And so if you're here today and you're like, man, I've been on target and this is just a confirmation of what I've been doing, awesome. Today, I want you to use this as a reminder as when we close in prayer and with a song, I want you to just say to God, God, you know what? Thank you for the reminder. I'll continue to sharpen my craft to point my kids towards you. If you aren't on target, 
then just simply talk to God during my prayer during the closing song and just say, God, would you forgive me and help me to get on track and help me in this series to learn how to spiritually lead my family. And then if you don't have kids and never intend to have kids, here's my question for you. How are you doing as a leader? How are you using your influence? How are you living out your spiritual leadership in front of others, your friends or extended family members who might have kids, whose kids are watching? They're watching you. Does God want you to be used in their lives to help them in their spiritual journey into depending on God? And so that's the question that's in front of all of us. And that's the question that God wants to speak to us as well because his voice has always been found to be reliable. Look at these people back hundreds and hundreds of years ago. They knew that. Do you know that? And are you passing that along to your future generation that will come behind you and a generation that comes behind them? Will they say that we know the voice that will never lead us astray? Now, there's one more thing that I want us to do before the band comes out and we close in prayer and a song. There is a card on your seat that asks you what parenting questions would you like to be answered in this series? So we're going to try our best to answer some of the parenting questions. We're going to get real practical on how to do that because we know that there are a lot of questions that are out there. And so that's what we want you to do. Just fill it out, fold it, drop it in the offering box. That way it gets to us and we'll try to answer some of those questions that you have about influencing the next generation. Because imagine this with me. Imagine if all of us committed to loving our God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, and all of our strength, and we transfer that to the next generation, and that generation begins to live out their faith in this community. How many lives would be changed? How many lives would no longer live with fear, with guilt, and regret when they come to find the voice that is reliable? So today, let's commit that to him. And if we need to say, God, forgive me, then do that as well. So let's close in a word of prayer. And uh, Father, we thank you so much for who you are. We thank you, God, for your faithfulness. I mean, this happened generations and generations ago. Lord, you've been concerned for us from day one when we turned our backs on you. And Father, you've been pursuing us and chasing us and showing how much you love us how much you're willing to forgive us when we turn to you. And so God, thank you for being such a great father. And Lord, as we continue to do this parenting journey, teach us how to do that. Today, I know there are people out there that are asking you right now, God, would you forgive me? I've been off track and I want to be on track. I want to learn how to be the spiritual leader that I need to be. And so God, would you answer that? Would you give them real insight in how to do that as they turn to your voice? God, we never grow too old to listen to you. And so I know there are some, um, just some people out there that have a hard relationship with their adult children. And I pray as they commit to loving you that you will do some real things in their relationships. And so, Father, we just thank you today. Thank you for showing us that we can trust you, that you are reliable, and that we can turn to you always. And so we thank you in Jesus' name, amen.